Hello, I'm Dr. Tanya Bailey, and welcome to Arts, Artists, and Advocates, a podcast-based program designed with you in mind. You can find more content on demand at lccconnect.com. Go ahead and do it today. Arts, Artists, and Advocates is a series of conversations and performances that explores diversity, equity, and inclusion through the arts and activism. We're highlighting the work of people on our campus and in our community that's making a difference. Student success is a term that appears frequently in higher education. The term leads logical understanding about these particular questions. What constitutes a student being successful? How do post-secondary promote student success? And it also asks, what can it do and how can it be measured? These questions are about our show today and how we're going to take a unique look at a program here at LCC called Access. So today's lesson is entitled, Student Success Equals Access. Please help me welcome Danya Oriana to the show. Welcome, Danya. Thank you. The crowd goes wild. (laughs) Danya, thank you so much for being here. Uh, Tell our listeners, who is Danya and where are you from? Hi, my name is Danya Oriana, and I grew up in a small city in southwest Minnesota called Burlington. Mm-hmm. Now, tell everybody where, uh, how that small city has influenced you to have this big city life. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So Worthington, Minnesota is a small city built around the edges of this beautiful lake in the Great Plains mm. where winters are harsh mm. and many people live in chronic generational poverty or working class conditions. Growing up in this combination of this beautiful yet also terrible (laughs) weather Mm -hmm. and environment, as well as these economic realities of rural America, instilled in me that ability to adapt and flow and resiliently find reasons for joy and hope in any situation. Um, You know, the other thing about living in a smaller type of community that brings out those values of togetherness and Mm -hmm. empathy right? That sense of we are all in this together and we have to help each other. Yes. And that doesn't mean there weren't conflicts, divisions, things like that. But when someone was in need, there were people who cared and there were services available. And I bring that resiliency, joy, caring, service, all of that into my work. Yes, you do. I I was getting ready to say, Dung, I think you may have to write a book. Um, Because... (laughs) Because coming from, sometimes people think that where you come from is just where you'll end up or where you land. Uh, and that's not that's not true in your case. Um, tell us about how where you've come from has impacted your current position. Tell us what you do. Um, and how does it help you advocate for this amazing community? Absolutely. So my current position here at Lansing Community College is the coordinator for the Access Scholars Program. Yay. In the Cesar Chavez Learning Center, which is one of the amazing campus locations representing the LCC Office of Diversity and Inclusion. I'm biased. Yes, I love that office. I love that office. (laughs) Shout out to ODI. Right? Exactly. (laughs) Tell us what ACCESS stands for, Danny. Sure. ACCESS stands for Access to College and Careers with Excellence Through Student Services. I love it. ACCESS. So tell our listeners, how does ACCESS utilize uh, DEI? What what does it mean? Why is it important to the work that you do? 
diversity, equity, and inclusion, DEI? For sure. So as the access coordinator, I am positively advocating for the community. I am empowering underrepresented, marginalized, traditionally excluded individuals to be able to achieve meaningful change in their lives through mm. education. It's my passion for this tr transformative power of education, my mm -hmm. personal background, as well as a first generation, very low income student. And that fuels my dedication and advocacy in the community. We provide student support for the personal, social, cultural, academic adjustment of our BIPOC, right? Black, Indigenous, people of color, LGBTQAI+, first generation, low income, adult students, varying abilities, any and other marginalized and underrepresented students groups. Even with that said, mm -hmm. th those are our target populations, but really no students are turned away from the ACCESS program. That's awesome. You know, I know that uh, ACCESS was formerly, uh, originally, TRIO. And you are also the coordinator for that. So tell me how the transition has been. Maybe what is the difference between TRIO and, and now ACCESS uh, that you've seen? And how has it been working with such a diverse group of students? All right. So TRIO Student Support Services was a federally grant-funded program mm -hmm. that was uh, here at LCC. And that, with that federal grant funding comes lots of federal oh, rules yes. and regulations, oh, yes. right? Mm -hmm. um, and so when we transformed TRIO into the ACCESS program and we're no longer under those federal rules and regulations, we're still providing all of that um, support for mm -hmm. the students, but we're able to serve even more students, wow. other populations of students that maybe didn't qualify for services mm -hmm. under the TRIO program. Um, we're able to connect with and partner with even more offices on campus, academic advising and the academic success coaches and financial aid and learning commons and writing, or writing center and the library counseling, all mm. these other supportive services, we're able to just really reach out without borders all across campus awesome. to make sure that students are receiving that guidance and referrals that they need to be able to be successful. That's awesome. Uh, I um, I, I kind of want to join Access myself just listening to you because <laughs> uh, it sounds like it's a program that provides almost like a wraparound support for students, particularly from those that are from marginalized backgrounds or, or historically um, marginalized groups of students. Um, and I'm really happy that you're coordinating that. Uh, we also like to do fun stuff here on the show. Uh, and therefore, I want to engage you, Danya, just kind of flip the script for a minute in a game we call If. Yeah. <laughs> so If is an amazing opportunity uh, for us to have a little fun. I'm going to say a couple of If statements and you'll fill in the blank and then we'll award you with some cool prizes. <laughs> I'll do my best. All right. So if diversity was a car, what would it be and why? All right, so <laughs> diversity is all about acknowledging and celebrating our differences, right? Correct. So diversity is a car, maybe a hybrid. Ooh. So one that uses both gas and electric, right? Within one car, you have different differences in the energy sources that drive the engine. Oh, that's but they're, good. But they're both important and they're working together. Ding, 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 <laughs> ding, ding. <laughs> You are off to a great start here, winning already on the game <laughs> call, If. Okay, here's our next question. If inclusion 
was a dessert, what would it be and why? All right. So (laughs) inclusion is about making sure those differences that we talked about in diversity that are all acknowledged are welcomed, they're truly valued, Mm. um, all have a part to play. And so I was thinking inclusion as a dessert, maybe tiramisu. Oh my goodness. Right? So all all the ingredients are, they have different textures, different flavors. Um, You know, there are different spots and layers, but they're all valued. They're all important to the overall taste and that experience you get when you order tiramisu. Yeah. Listen, I think you have played this game before. You're doing so, (laughs) so well. And you're making me hungry. Um, Okay, here's our last question. If equity was an article of clothing, what would it be and why? This one really stumped me, right? So equity, making sure that everyone has the what they need mm. right to to get to the party to to really be valued and so it's that action i really was racking my brain about this one the closest i could come to something an article of clothing would be maybe a scarf oh yeah or socks but then i thought about no socks do come in different sizes <laughs> and so it's not totally equitable for everybody scarfs come in different materials and maybe people have allergies or color mm. preferences. I don't know. This one really stumped me. I, scarf was maybe the closest I could come because You're doing good. everybody's got a neck. <laughs> Everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and we all, maybe we just need different types of material. I love it. To, to keep our necks warm. Well, I can I let you know that you have just won the game called If. Thank you. Thank you so much for playing. I uh, totally appreciate all your Response. I don't even have to have a response in, in describing what diversity, equity, <laughs> you did that so wonderfully. Okay, well, let's get ready to go on to our next segment here. We're talking about student success equals access. And we're so happy that Danya is here with us today. Let's talk about student success for our BIPOC communities, diversity, equity, inclusion, and more. How has the access program or how is the access program um, being able to lead the charge in this area to really help students have success here at LCC? Absolutely. So Access addresses student success by creating that community on campus for those underrepresented students, right? Mm. We have that multi-tiered support network, immersive layering of academic, social, professional experiences, workshops, resources, cultural wow. events, um, right? We, we're not just saying, hey, just go to class and do your homework, uh. Because yeah. students need more than that to really feel like they they belong and that they can be successful I in college. It. We're doing things that are above and beyond that referrals to those services I talked about, where we're, we're sitting down and helping students fill out their FAFSA forms and mm. their financial aid and their scholarship applications. And, and we have financial literacy workshops, right? Nice. Money is important. Whether you have oh, it or you don't, important. you need to know what to do with it, right? <laughs> um, but a lot of... Uh, a lot of people in the populations that we serve just don't have that access to, to understanding, right? How does investment work and saving and budgeting and all of those things? We have a personal academic success skills series of workshops nice. for, for study skills. You tell a student, hey, study. 
Mm. But what does that really mean? Right? right. And so so we're really breaking all of that down. We help them with transfer institution campus visits. Wow. How do you know where you want to go next if you've never been anywhere? I love right? the exposure. So, yeah. so that exposure. And then we have all of the opportunities for involvement in the campus and community cultural enrichment that are provided through the Office of Diversity and Inclusion. Ding, ding, ding. Bias again. I love that place. <laughs> love that place. <laughs> I, I absolutely think that this is a program uh, as you mentioned before, is definitely for those underrepresented group populations of students, but all students are welcome, right, to receive these services. Absolutely. And so how does, you know, DEI play in role with all of that? Like how, how are you embedding diversity, equity, inclusion into the programming of access? For sure. So we embed DEI into everything we do. We celebrate that diversity, the multicultural achievement. We're fostering mm. confidence. We're, we're really working through, you know, like what I say, when we when we have a workshop mm -hmm. or something like that, we are looking through our materials and making sure that everybody has representation and that the language that we're using mm -hmm. makes everyone understand that they belong, that this, this uh, academic environment that yes. we're in is for them too yeah. and that they can be successful. Yeah, I think sometimes we forget that when students come to uh, college. It's a whole new environment, right? Uh, and I know being in a new city or being in a new environment, I'm looking for things that are familiar to me or someone to at least <laughs> walk me through or, or give me warm handoffs on where I need to go. And it sounds like access is, is giving warm handoffs, being that wraparound service and support. And I appreciate that. You know, on the show, Danya, we, we also do a deeper dive. We call uh, this segment Getting comfortable with the uncomfortable. And that means talking a little bit about race and our identity. Uh, and so in that regard, I want to engage you in just a few questions to address that. Um, tell our listeners about your first or your earliest recollection about your racial identity. Absolutely. So I, I was probably fairly young. Um, my family is uh, ethnically Scandinavian, so hmm. mostly Danish and Swedish, as well as Nordic German. Um, and so all of our holiday celebrations involve things like foods from that area. Yes. My older um, aunts and uncles uh, spoke Danish, mm. um, things like that. Uh, I do remember this um, amazing experience I had with my um, with my grandmother. Mm -hmm. I was, I don't know, I was probably four or five, wow. and she sat us all down, all of you know, all of us kids and little cousins, and she talked to us about race and ethnicity wow. in in At some, four. Uh, yeah, she she kind of <laughs> sat us down and she told us this story. She grew up. You know, in a in a log cabin mm -hmm. out in, you know, in the middle of the plains, you know, rode horses, things like that, her mother. And she told us this story of the very first time that she went to Minneapolis. Right. So mm -hmm. the big, big city. Yes. Um, and she she said, you know, I went there and there were these people there that they looked kind of like they had dirt on their face. Mm -hmm. And I said to it would have been my great grandmother. She said, what 
who are those people? What, you know, can we do something for them? They seem to have, you know, be dirty and we want to help them. And, and my great grandmother from, you know, like the early 1900s mm-hmm. said to her, no, there's just all different types of people. Wow. People come in lots of different colors. And so my grandma made sure that all of us cousins and kids knew that information that mm. people just come in different colors and no, people aren't dirty or whatever. Right. And what so now, what's your what grandmother's name? Rusha. Shout out to grandma Rusha <laughs> <laughs> for teaching about race and identity <laughs> and the beautiful, beautiful, um, beautiful gift that we have in humankind. Absolutely. Uh, thank you. That I love that story. And at four. <laughs> yeah, I remember being really young and she just sat us all down and let me tell you about this. Wow. The other thing I can think of is that, um, you know, kind of on a more, you know, that was kind of a really age appropriate way to talk about it. But I, you know, I talked about that I grew up in rural Minnesota. Right. And so in a lot, a lot of people have an idea in their mind of what that means my community mm-hmm. uh, kind of racial makeup probably was. Mm-hmm. And um, Worthington, Minnesota is actually a completely unique little town in southwest Minnesota. Mm-hmm. It is 25 to 30% 30 Hispanic or Latinx. Really? 5 to 10% African American, 10 to 15% Asian with mm. indigenous and Pacific Island populations as well. And so I actually grew up in quite the multicultural pot (laughs) down there in little, you know, Worthington, (laughs) Minnesota. We had uh, an amazing local newspaper writer who used to pick a family every week Hmm. and he would just tell that family's story. And so we just had that environment of, oh, we're we're all like I said we're all in this together. We're all in this together. The and human here's kind. the story of this family who, who just came here from Vietnam. Or let me tell you about this other family who, has you know been farming or something like yeah. that. And well, so know, it was th- kind that's of important. Cool. I think yeah. that, I that I think that probably helped shape you for your role that you're doing now and make you makes you more comfortable to work with diverse populations because storytelling is important. Absolutely. Especially getting to know one another. Okay, so I have one more question in this segment for you. Uh, and it has to deal with stereotypes because you know there are many out there. Absolutely. Uh, so if you could describe for us a stereotype about your culture that you would want to demystify what would it be? All right. So I have I have one that's a serious one, and then I have a kind of a funny story to okay. tell. And so um, one stereotype of, you know, Nordic or Northern European people is that we're all very stoic mm. and not very fun and serious <laughs> all the time. And definitely I'm serious when it comes to it. But, <laughs> but I, I know you to be fun. <laughs> exactly. We are we're super hilarious, fun, um, ag- can be spontaneous, things like that. And so I know, you know, we're all just engineers or something like that, but that's not the case at all. Right. Arts and artists and everybody. Well, let's give um, a celebration for uh, debunking that stereotype. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Absolutely. It's been debunked. Okay, you said you had one more. Uh, so I have this uh, funny story about something that I didn't even know was a stereotype. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to um, teach at Sexton High School mm. um, at, here in Lansing, Michigan. And, um, you know, that that 
the student population is primarily African American, mm-hmm. uh, all of that. And so one day the students, uh, they called me Miss O, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of Miss Oriana, Miss O, what are you, right? Um, and so I said, well, you know, I'm Scandinavian. And this student looks at me and he says, oh, so you really like cheese. <laughs> I'm like, well, I mean, I do. do I didn't know that was associated with being Scandinavian, but sure. Well, <laughs> that is funny. Well, that's another, that's another stereotype debunk. <laughs> <laughs> she just likes cheese just because, you know, it's cheese. Right. <laughs> I love that Mrs. O. I'm going to have to start calling you that. Yes. Mrs. O. <laughs> um, and so... Uh, Danya, as we get ready to um, end the show, I really want people to understand um, how they can get involved with the access program. There might be students listening, those that are enrolling in the summer or coming here in the fall, whenever they hear this uh, podcast. I want them to know uh, what's the, what's the space like if they were to come in person uh, and where is it located and how and why should people get involved? Absolutely. So. The access program, like I said, it is housed in the Cesar Chavez Learning Center, mm-hmm. which is in the Arts and Science Building mm-hmm. on uh, main campus okay. at LCC. It is in Arts and Science 1313. 1313. 1313. Mm-hmm. So if you walk in the front door of the Arts and Science Building, it is on your left-hand side, mm-hmm. and you are greeted with purpley pink doors <laughs> um, and you walk inside and it says you are welcome here right on it. the right on the wall and that's an important point right mm-hmm. we've talked about belonging yes. and and all of these issues and so we really want students to feel like this is a place where they can come there are different the space is divided up a little bit mm-hmm. into it's open with big windows but it's divided up into certain kind of areas mm-hmm. certain areas are a little bit more loungy mm-hmm. social with co- more comfortable furniture other areas are more set up for study spaces mm. and um, places where maybe they could gather together with classmates mm, or meet up with their professors. We have professional tutors that come in there and reference librarians. And then we have even some smaller private cubicles where mm. if they really just want to concentrate, they can do that. And there's and there's workstations there, too. So if they I hear need to a, use a computer. Yeah, I hear there's a big fish tank in there. <laughs> there are two giant fish tanks in there. One is freshwater fish, oh, okay. and the other one is saltwater fish. And so I always say, you know what? If you just need to come and just zone out, mm. meditate a little bit, watch the fish right before your math test, right? <laughs> Calm your stress right yes. before that, then come on in. I love it. And so... Um, the space is at 1313 Arts and Science Building. It's in the Cedar Chavez Learning Center. You're there. A team of amazing, passionate people about student success is there as well. Uh, what other things would you like to say before we leave about student success and how it equals access? Absolutely. So I... And I'm glad that you brought that up, that there's a whole team, because Mm -hmm. in the Cesar Chavez Learning Center, we have three other programs Mm -hmm. as well. We have the Men About Progress program, Mm -hmm. the WISE Institute, and the Lucero program. And one thing about ODI is that we really, truly are a team. We have these different programs. Access is maybe like an umbrella program. 
that covers any and all students and really focuses in on their academic and social success. Um, but students are welcome to participate in any and all the program. And the staff from all the mm. program, we all work together. Yes. And we have students in common. And we want to make sure that no matter who greets you when you come in the door, you feel good about it. Mm -hmm. um, and that's really what student success is all about, and access to student success, is that no student should college alone, hmm. right? That's say something that again. I say, say all the time. Don't college alone. Wow. Everybody needs a team, mm. and that's what we provide. That's what access is all about, having that team that's got your back, that helps you through all the little ins and outs uh, of being able to enter college in the first mm -hmm. place, be successful while you're here, and then graduate and go on to either the workplace, to a transfer institution, wherever that might be. Don't college alone. I'm getting a t-shirt tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I want to thank you so much, Danya Oriana, for being with us. She's our access coordinator in the Cesar Chavez Learning Center. This has been such a great joy talking about student success equals access. Thank you everyone for listening and tuning in to Arts, Artists, and Advocates, a podcast-based program. And we want you to find more content on demand at lccconnect.com. Go ahead, do it today. Arts, Artists, and Advocates is a series of conversations performances that explore diversity, equity, and inclusion through the lens of arts and activism. We're highlighting the work of people on our campus and in our community that's making a difference. I've been your host, Dr. Tanya Bailey, and I'm reminding you that you matter. We'll see you next time.